0: Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: The series on the Lord's Prayer, it's from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And uh, our focus today is on this word, supplication. Supplication is a great big word the Bible uses, which uh, can also be used. Uh, another word is petition. An even simpler word is request. Um, we ask for things that we need, is what supplication is all about. And we'll, we'll look at what we've talked about already. Wow, is that God? Is it time? <laughs> Woo! That's a lot of light. You guys need that much? A little less would be okay, but I'm, I'm good with whatever you guys do back there. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, looking for God's intercession in our lives, through, through lifting up our needs, our supplications, our petitions to Him, is uh, looking further down through the Lord's Prayer. And we'll, we'll touch on uh, uh, reviewing the other parts. But, but, but this petition is about um, uh, the ways we can bring our petition to the Lord. And, and, and in the Bible, we see some good examples. We, we see that they can be a humble request. Or they, they can even be a, a desperate plea at times. And, and they can be the cry of our hearts that we can, we can groan out in deep pains... Uh, and they can even be in a, in a quiet confidence in, in the Lord's promises. So there's a lot of examples in the Bible of, of, of people coming to the Lord in times of need, crying out, reaching up for, for him to intercede in their lives. And I just want to share a couple quick examples uh, in Matthew 14 uh, where Peter uh, decides to walk out on the water and uh, the, the disciples are out on the boat, the wind and the rain is coming, the storm is blowing, and Jesus... Jesus decides to just, why take a boat out there when I can walk? He goes to see them on the water, walking on the water in the midst of this storm. Peter and the disciples are scared because they see somebody out there and they, they say, who is that? And they said, Jesus, as he, as he does, don't fear, it's I. So Peter's still not sure. He says, if it is you, uh, tell me to come out there or have me come out there with you. And so Jesus says, come on, come. And so Peter gets out of the boat and he walks on the water towards Jesus. But he gets scared because the wind and the waves are blowing and he begins to sink and he's terrified and he cries out this 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 amazing prayer and it's three words and he says, "Save me, Lord." "Save me, Lord." And that's a lot like our prayers, right? We're in trouble, we're in need, "Save me, Lord." Okay, so there's a great example of a petition, a desperate plea or a cry. And in Daniel, we have three Hebrew servants called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed- Abednego. There'll be a test on that if you want to go on the website. It's there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, that's for extra credit. They uh, were facing certain death at the hands of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar because they would not bow down to the idols that he had, he had put into place for all the people to, to worship these golden idols. And, and they wouldn't do it. And so they're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace, certain death awaits them. And in this, this quiet confidence, they, they react to him. And they, they simply proclaim, which is, is, is very much like a petition, but they're, they're, they're claiming this promise of God, and they say, uh, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us, and will deliver us, but if not, we do not serve or worship your false gods." But if not, thy will be done, Lord. Surrendering to his promises and plans and confidence in his promises. That's such a great example of all that coming together. He knows he is able. They know he will. But if not, that's the nature of their prayer, their petition in their time of need. And I want to share one more just to start this off. Queen Esther, when she's standing before the king, and remember this king is not only the, the King of Persia, mighty king, but also her husband. She's the queen, Queen Esther. But still, she needs to approach him with a reverence and respect because uh, anything could happen when you bring your petition before the king. You could be dethroned as the last queen was. So she's reverent and she's humble when she comes before him. And she must petition for her life and the lives of all of her people. So she is desperate, but in humility... And reverence, she comes to him with that request, with that petition, and the king grants her humble request, just like Jesus saved Peter, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were rescued from the fire and the death and the flames miraculously. So God answered all these petitions in, in amazing ways, in different ways, in the different ways they approached him. And... In this message, in our prayer series, I want us to consider our, our supplications, our petitions, and, you know, our pleas to God, and, and focusing not, not just on what we ask, but, but how we ask, and, and how we stand before God. And being mindful as we draw near to God, He is both our awesome creator and our humble Savior, seeing all sides of God when we pray. And... We've talked about this in the first couple lessons, and and we'll look at that for a minute. But but remember that we're entering into the presence of our perfect judge, who is the author and the enforcer of the law. God writes the law. He must enforce it as a perfect judge. But also, he is our loving father, who suffered the penalty of that same law in our place. So he's both. He's judge and perfect father willing to take on our sentence upon us. The writer of the law, the enforcer of the law, but also paid the price of the law for us. So this is all that we, we think about when we go before God. His greatness, his create, as creator, as lawgiver, as enforcer, but also his goodness as a perfect father who would sacrifice and give his life for his children. So that's uh, some ways we can approach God. Um, our text is from the, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's in... Uh, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, one of the greatest of, uh, discourses of Jesus. And, and right in the middle, we find this, these verses uh, on, on guidance for us, for, for prayer, for the privilege of prayer. Uh, Jesus gives us, his followers, his children, guidance. When we call him our father, he's talking to you and I who have faith in Christ. Um, it's a, a whole other discussion as far as... Prayers for those who don't believe. And maybe those cries for help. Lord, save me. For someone who doesn't know him. He would gladly answer that. But we, as non-believers, you don't have all these promises. But as believers, we have the promises of answered prayer. And that he hears. And that we know how to approach him. And that he wants to give to his children. So, it's, it's God's expectation for his people that we pray. And, and earlier... Uh, we were taught that that Jesus says throughout this passage, when you pray. So it's not if you pray, it's when you pray. This needs to be a a spiritual exercise for all his children, all Christians, to be, to have a prayer life. And so this month, this series is a great time for us to to work on on having a healthy healthy prayer life. We um, have a new year upon us. It's always a good time for resolutions, right? not just another failed resolution we do in our own efforts and strength, but this can be a a resolution that through God's power, we can make some real change in our life and we can develop a prayer life. And it's been said, I've used this saying before, that healthy things grow and growing things change. If we want to be healthy Christians, we should constantly be changing like a Great big tree or a little flower bush. We don't just sit there and we're plastic and we stay the same. We need to be pliable. We need to remain like clay in his hands throughout our entire life. Starting right now, 2023 and going forward. We need to be able to to, uh, be molded and shaped by him into the image of Christ. So... Growing that healthy prayer life is, is what we're about in this series and this time we have together this month. And, and God encourages us to pray both individually and, and corporately, together, both publicly and privately. And, and we've talked about some of the ways we, we do that. But there are daily opportunities to exercise this gift. Uh, anybody have somebody come to them, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor, a family member, and you're talking for hours about a problem, and, and you're just... Trying to help, trying to console, trying to counsel. But the one thing we can do is we can offer to pray with them. And if you've done this, you'll notice it's a lot easier way to share the good news of Christ than, hey, would you like to look at this flyer and go through the Bible with me? It's tough to get to those places, but it's easy to just pray with somebody. And that's another way of sharing the good news. And virtually nobody refuses prayer. I defy you if you've asked somebody if you can pray with them, and they say, no, Maybe sometimes, but almost always. They're happy, whoever they are. Yes, pray, please. And that's a great way to develop our prayer life and to bless others and share the good news. So that's, that's one way we can exercise this, this gift, uh, but uh, we're going to have an opportunity today where we can reach out to one another. And, and if that sounds intimidating... Um, That's okay, because it was uncomfortable for Peter getting out of that boat and uncomfortable for Esther standing before the king and uh, uncomfortable for those guys standing next to that fiery furnace. But they did it. They cried out. They reached out. They reached up, and they reached out. And that'll be uh, after we finish our worship today. And you guys, uh, God has been blessing us with those times of prayer and hopefully uh, those, those three nights of prayer and fasting coming up as well. Another great time to exercise our prayer life. So he provides help in, in uh, growing our prayer life. In Matthew chapter 6, 9-13, through 13, the Lord's Prayer um, is our example, and it's a very familiar prayer. Many of us have prayed it uh, over and over again, uh, maybe uh, uh, more times than we should and faster than we should, but it's, it's really not so much a prescriptive prayer like, say this when you pray, although it's fine to do that. It's okay to walk through that prayer and to say that prayer. But don't let it end there. Let it it begin there. And let it be uh, a mold for our prayers to have uh, essential parts of what he's saying there in all of our prayers. So it's really uh, more of a a descriptive um, uh, guidance in our prayers rather than a prescriptive prayer, okay? It's okay for both, but don't miss out on all the essential parts, the ingredients that should be seasoned into our prayers. So in verse 9a... The first part of verse 9 of his prayer, he says, In this manner, pray. So again, he's saying, this is a, a pattern. And uh, again, asking the Lord to teach us to pray is, is, is in the parallel passage in Luke. They come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And, and so he gives them this, this pattern and, and this prayer. And so that's important for us today. Ask the Lord throughout this week, this month, to teach us to pray, give us opportunities to pray, and teach us both how we should pray and what we should pray for. And we're going to look at that going forward. And we've already covered in, in part one of this, Pastor Sherwood talked about um, some of these elements and ingredients uh, with, with verse nine, where he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's the adoration. That's that reverence like, like Queen Esther, the, the, the goodness and the greatness of 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 our king that we approach is is really important in our prayer lives to to, to not just ask and petition and petition, we'll get to our petitions, but we need to to proclaim his greatness and his goodness and his preeminence overall. And then then last week we talked about uh, our submission in verse 10 where it says, "'Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.'" "'Your will be done.'" That was Jesus in the garden before he was to be crucified. Let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. If there's another way, but nevertheless, let your will be done, not my will. So those are the last two parts of this prayer we looked at. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The adoration, the submission, the surrender. And, and so today, we're looking at, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Trusting in his provision. Resting. Being content in his provision. And our daily dependence on his promises. So we, we are coming to him in a manner that we've talked about, uh, with our petitions, with our requests, with our needs. And in that, we need to trust There needs to be an element of trust. So, adoration, submission, surrender, and trust in our prayers as we lift up our petitions. So, it's been said that our needs, our needs, things we need versus want, things we need, the desperate things in our lives, our needs keep us on our knees, right? It's a good little saying our needs keep us on our knees. And the Lord wants to hear. He wants us to cry out our hearts, to have the quiet confidence, the please. He wants to hear. He wants to share those needs. He wants us to share those needs. But God knows our needs. Do you think he knows our needs? If not, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures that prove it. Because right before the beginning of this prayer in verse 8, if you're following, you'll see Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. He says... For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Our all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God knows the things we ask for, need before we ask for them. He knows. And if you're not sure if God knows you and loves you and thinks about you and cares for you and knows the things you need, I want to encourage you with a couple of scriptures. I want to give you Psalm 139, and I'm just going to read a portion of it. To, to affirm how well he knows us. He says in th- Psalm 139, verse 1, he says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Psalm 139, a great encouragement. Uh, to take with you today, if you're not sure if you're loved, if you're not sure if you're known, and if you um, want to trust in his promises, know that he knows our needs. He loves us. He is, desires to give to us. And John 3.16 says he already gave to us, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whomsoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gives; He desires to give, and and He gave so much. He finished the work. He paid the price for us, that we might we might uh, think about this as give us this instead of uh, give us this day our daily bread. You might think of it as gave us this day our daily bread. He gave us ultimately everything we need already in the richer, deeper spiritual way. Now, the things of this earth are daily bread. We continue to come to him each day. But let's not forget his ultimate promise has been fulfilled to us. He gave us our daily bread once and for all. So it's just as simple as receiving that bread some days. And as Christians, we've done that. We prayed. We asked him into into our hearts to be our Lord and Savior. And that is so important for each of us to make that prayer, that commitment. Because this message, this prayer guide is for his children, for those who believe, for those who those who want to draw closer to him and he wants to reach into our lives. So just receiving that promise is the key to all this. And pray that today if you haven't, and pray with us in your groups today for him to be the Lord of your life if you need to. Amen? Amen. Uh, are we trusting in his provision? Are we trusting in his provision? Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, our needs versus our wants. We know he knows our needs. Father knows best, right? Father knows our needs. He knows our needs. And in Matthew, I'm going to read you one more uh, passage about uh, our needs. He talks about us worrying about our needs. And this follows shortly after the Lord's Prayer in uh, verses 25 through 33, I'm just going to read that if you want to follow along. If you're, if you're uh, looking at Matthew 6, where the Lord's Prayer is, this is verse 25. He says, this is Jesus, all red letters. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns; yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than their than the birds the, the birds of the air? Than they. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field; how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Looked at a flower lately? The beautiful design, the complexity of each one, he cares and grows all this wonderful, beautiful earth and the animals. He cares for it all. And he says, now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown out in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you a little faith. Faith. Faith is so important in our prayers. Just like Peter when he was doubting when he was out on the water, but just like the three servants, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, their great faith and Esther's faith is so powerful in our prayers and petitions. So he says, oh you little faith. Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles, which is unbelievers seek. That's all they're interested in is the physical things. What do we need? What do we need? What do we got to get? What do we need? He says, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And here's the key. He says he knows our needs, right? So he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He wants to give. He wants to bless. He wants to hear our needs. But we need to be seeking his kingdom, his righteousness first, in our petition, in our prayers. We want to... Not miss the point of adoring him, surrendering to him, trusting in him, and all the rest that goes in the Lord's Prayer that we're going to continue to talk about. But he says, first the spiritual. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And second, the physical. And all these things shall be added to you. And that could be more than just the physical things. It can be our spiritual needs as well. Uh, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things... All the things he desires, all the things that are according to his will, his plan, his purposes, will be added to us. So, um, I wanted to ask you guys if you're hungry. Is anybody hungry? We'll have snacks for you soon, don't worry. But, are you hungry for daily bread? Because, give us this day our daily bread. Here's some bread might make you hungry. That's our physical need for sustenance each day. Give us this day our daily bread, the things we need to live, the essentials of life, you know, home and food, clothing, shelter, right? We need these things, but are we hungry for them? Are we desperate for them, above the spiritual needs in our life? It's okay to need, it's okay to, to even have wants and desires, but. Are we desperate and hungry first for the spiritual things? Are we seeking first the, the kingdom of God? So, do we have appetites for heavenly things or earthly things? Are we filled and satisfied by physical things or spiritual things? What, what brings us satisfaction? I can tell you if it's, if it's earthly things, you're never going to be satisfied. We will constantly be chasing and asking and petitioning for the wrong things that don't satisfy us. But if we seek him first, the things that do satisfy the needs in our life will be provided for us according to his will. So there's a scripture in Matthew 6, 19. And uh, again, this is just right after the Lord's Prayer in the same passage. He talks about these lasting things, things that will last. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Our hearts should be in heaven. And they should be upon heavenly things. Our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Love the Lord with all four, he said, okay? Our thoughts, our works, our emotions, our Will, the deep things we desire, our needs, should be on heavenly things. And the things of this earth that are passing away will not be uh, making it to heaven. There's no U-Haul behind a Hertz, right? It does not go on ahead of you. All the things we toil for and labor for and even petition for desperately, Lord, I need this or that. Think about what lasts. Think about what is the lasting spiritual food, spiritual things that last. So, um, so, focusing on these, it helps keep us, keep us on our needs, our needs, and, and cautious with our, our wants. So, are we dependent on his promises to sustain us, to fill us, and satisfy us? This promise in Matthew 5, the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's chapter 5 through 7, he says in verse 6, he says, Jesus promises... Right in the beginning, he says, verse 5, 6, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hopefully we're hungry again. Hopefully we're getting hungrier for spiritual things. And you know the old saying, if you feed yourself spiritually, you get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. But if you feed yourself physically, less hungry. Your spirit is the opposite. If you feed on the word, you feed on prayer and worship and fellowship and service to God, you want more of it and you get hungrier so today he says that in the beatitudes the blessings the promises of the sermon on the mount he says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled you will be satisfied you will be filled if we're seeking first the kingdom of god we will not if we're seeking the earthly things in our petitions and give me this give me that and there's a great example of this But don't forget the the simplicity of this. Pray for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let that be your petition. And you will be filled forever. Spiritual filling. That will not be taken away. That will go on ahead of you. That will be treasure in heaven. So there's an example of this. Some hungry people following Jesus. This is over in in John chapter 6. It's written up there, the passage. It's kind of long. I'm just going to take a couple excerpts. But hungry people were following Jesus. And these are the multitudes and the followers that had just been fed by the loaves and the fishes that he miraculously provided. So in verse 25, he says, And when they found him, these are the people, they were searching around for him. He had left the area. On the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, You seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. Labor for things that last. Be focused on things that last. They wanted more bread. These people wanted more bread. And they wanted to see uh, some of the signs and wonders and miraculous things. Um, And then he goes on. He says... Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our father ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're like, come on, where's the bread? Basically. And Jesus says to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Listen to this. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He is our daily bread. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Doesn't that sound good? Satisfied, sustained forever in Jesus, our righteousness. And all the other things will be added, seeking him first. And just to prove that, if you want to read the end of that passage, how they rejected him for uh, the earthly things and doubted and had no faith in him, which are the great enemies of our prayer, doubt and a lack of faith, he said, from that time on, in verse 66, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more, Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Because they wouldn't give him bread, show him miracles, be at at their command. Lord, give me this, our petitions. Give me that. Show me this. Show me that. No, it's the other way around. Surrender to what do you want to do in my life? What should I be praying for, Lord? So do you also want to go away? He said to his disciples. But Simon Peter answered him. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's great faith. And he knows that his words are sustaining and that he will ultimately be over all. So Peter has learned uh, that Jesus is his bread. He is our daily bread. And we're going to wind down with um, some few uh, thoughts on hunger and, and, and even how Jesus was hungry, and if we're hungry like he was. And in Matthew chapter 4, a little before the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was preparing for his, his earthly ministry, uh, Jesus fasted. So this is an opportunity for us to hunger as he did. And for us to focus as he did. And in Matthew 4, verse 1 through 4, Jesus fasted and prayed. And it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, this is the enemy Satan, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is the bread? It's not the food. Was he hungry? Was he physically hungry? After 40 days, you bet. He was starving. He was tempted like no other to crave and pursue the physical things first. But he knew my spirit gets fed first. You know? I need to seek God first. And he said, the word is my bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's our spiritual bread, God's word. And I want to talk about fasting for just a second. But can our worship team come on up? We're going to wrap up here. Um, So Jesus fasted 40 days. We're going to go for three days or one day, or two days, or five or ten days. If you want to do a 40-day fast, uh, talk to Pastor Sherwood. He does that uh, every 30 days. So. No, but I don't know anybody who's done that. He may have, but uh, that's amazing. That's incredible. You know, water is important, but, you know, food, it can be done. So, uh, but, but we want you guys to, to do it safely. And, but, but please participate and please do it sensibly and, and, and make it a time of real prayer. Uh, there's some handouts out on the uh, cafe table where you can get some good teaching and good advice on on how to fast. And and just know that it shouldn't be a time when you're uh, uh, so debilitated by withdrawal from substances you're addicted to, like maybe caffeine, that it would wipe out your whole existence. So do it sensibly. Maybe keep a couple things in your life that aren't gonna knock you out so you can't even come down here and pray, okay? Headaches and everything else. There will be some struggle, but let those gnawing hungers urge you to pray. Let the deprivation of your, the things lead you into the spiritual things. So uh, fasting and, uh, you know, there's no judgment here in our fasting zone. If you break your fast after five minutes, that's okay. Come down here and pray, all right? If you're going, you know, 50 days because you're not worthy to fast as the way Jesus did, uh, that's okay. But, but come down and share and, and just Think think ahead on this. Plan plan this out. Plan your life. Plan your schedule. If you've never done this before, it's important to try. We are commanded to pray, and we're getting so much great uh, teaching on how we should pray. And this was also an example Jesus did all the time. And really, uh, he said, when you fast, right up there with when you pray. It's it's an expectation that we do this, this physical exercise not as a legalistic thing, but to open our lives to the power of God, to do something he hasn't done yet, to be more pliable, to be more um, clay in his hands, to change, to be a healthy Christian that is growing and changing, doing some things a little differently than we have. I have one last question for you. Uh, what was Jesus' favorite food? Bread, fish. Probably lots of good Mediterranean diet out there. Um, I'm going to give you a hint, at least from one passage. In John 4, 31 through 34, Jesus talks about what he likes to eat. And this is when his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? It's like, are you hiding a snack? They don't get it. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's what sustained him more than the bread we saw. The spiritual food was sustaining him in a greater way. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And we all have work to do. We all have work <laughs> That he has for us. A plan he has for us. And, and he wants to sustain us in that through prayer. Um, and I can prove that in, in, uh, in verse 12 where he says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. He's sending the Holy Spirit to empower us. And the gospel will be preached around the world to every tribe and tongue and nation. And... Great churches will thrive and, and the word will, be, will go forth. Great works since he came 2,000 years ago. We're doing these, these great works. And lives are being changed. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That my father may be glorified in the son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we have great works to do and we have great power to do it. If we trust in his provision and we are dependent on his promises, then It will all, it's all waiting for us. So come participate in some of that in the weeks to come. Um, And if you want to pray like Jesus, um, we have some recommendations. So we're going to leave these up during our, our time of prayer. We're going to worship. We're going to have a song together Let's use this as a time to open our spirits, to surrender, to adore him, as, as the first part of the, the Lord's Prayer goes. And then let's, let's share together. Uh, these are a few suggested things you might pray for. But whatever your, your folks in your group after this song uh, are led to pray for, let's do that and let's, let's grow our prayer life. And let's be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.